You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology and Webmaster on WMR.FM. <laughs> years, 16 years of saying webmasterradio.fm. It's hard to break. It's almost as hard to break as going from 2020 to 2021. But you can just say that. Friends, welcome to Webcology on WMR.FM. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And uh, interesting day today, Dave. You realize today is the 21st day of the 21st year of the 21st century? Well, I do now. You do now, yeah. <laughs> Ain't never going to see that again. So enjoy it while you got it. <laughs> well, and, uh, okay. Um, and, and, you know, so it's our sort of fun things. And you go, okay, well, this is like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. But we keep hitting those, right? Like, it, I'm just like, oh, okay, we keep hitting neat things. So what I love about, about little, like, snippet facts like that is when you pay attention to them, it just makes life a little more interesting. Like, they happen sure. a lot, right? Like, but it's just like, oh, yeah, that's kind of just. A fun you know, little piece of trivia. They never fall on Thursdays. This is the first one. Right. I, I looked for palindromes. I looked for all sorts of weird stuff and dates and stuff. And this is the first one that's fallen on a Thursday in a long time. What a week. Uh, tons of stuff happened in the search world. Tons of stuff happened in the real world. Um, the world might have noticed that America took most of the day off yesterday for um, a virtual party. Um I don't know if you caught if you caught much of the inauguration, but did you did you did you catch the photo, um, Amanda Gorman? No, no, I didn't. I, I missed oh. like the entire thing. Um, it was a spectacle. It was phenomenal. If um, if uh, 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 you were supporting the side that won the, the, the Biden the Biden side, it was uh, cathartic relief. But from all the spectacle, about five, this is like an eight hour um an eight hour long event about five minutes of that eight hours completely captivated people and it was a 22 year old poet named amanda gorman and uh if you get a chance like uh, she's all over youtube now that's the snippet of the of this one part of the inauguration ceremony if you get a chance catch it um 
the precision and the rhythm and just the, the skill with which she wielded her words. Um, it's, 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 it's like seeing a master in action at such a young age. Just, it was phenomenal. Way, way worth your it. time if you get a chance to. Awesome. Good. It's, it's going to be some interesting watching for this evening, probably. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. There's going to be, you know, the weird thing. I don't know the name of the president's lawyer. <laughs> That's really cool. I, I just, just, the, just little things like that are going to just going to be striking us as we go through the next couple of weeks. Um, I think that 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 uh, at least us here in North America are about to go through an almighty media hangover where you don't have to keep flashing the news every couple of hours to see if the world's about to blow up. Be it, it is, we are going to be heading into an interesting time. And I, you know, I mean, I, I get it. I get that half the people, maybe even half of our listening audience is like, I don't like this. And I, I, I get it, right? Like I've been on the losing side of these things, right? Like about half the time. Um, you know what? I, I know like up here in Canada, because we have multi-parties more than half the time. Let's see what do I end up being on the losing side of these sorts of things. So uh, sort of, you know, I, I guess that sucks, but um you know it, it's unfortunate for people who that, that have to lose but at the same time you know we, you, you know my leanings i'm like ah <laughs> <laughs> okay let's get let's get to stuff that i think should really piss off our audience this one really ticked me off i don't know if okay. it's gonna piss you off or not but it really ticked me off and probably because i'm a writer and this is you know like my living putting words together so and i'm not pissed off because i get it in answering a, a, a question, um, John Mueller um, reiterated that you should not play, pay bloggers to write for do follow backlinks. That violates Google's guidelines and it's a nasty no no. And if they catch you doing it, they'll be very, very cross with you. Mm -hmm. But I just, I, I just got to reiterate this pay your bloggers, please. I mean, no, 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 because, because you get good quality writing that way. And also because people make their livings. <laughs> like, what bugs me about this is Google puts up this barrier. This is this artificial, like, you can't pay for um, do follow links. And they come out and they come out with a statement, don't pay bloggers. That's that, that right. pissed me off. Right. No, I think, like, if you look literally at it, you're, they're like, don't pay them for a do follow link. Just pay them for good content, right? I mean, if you want to view it, like, sort of literally. But I get that none of us view things literally like that, right? So I, I, I get where you're, where you're going. Um, and you know, my, my, my understanding, it's, it's this, we, get, we keep getting these skewed messages out of Google, right? Should we, is this a big no-no and, and, and is there potentially like a, a uh, you know, manual action penalty going to come at us? Or as if you listen to, to Gary Eyes, I, I probably just mispronounced his last name, but anyway, Gary, who I think was also telling the truth, does it, like, is, is Google got this? They, they've just kind of figured it out and they're just devaluing this, these links, right? Like, which, which, I mean, it's been a while since he said that, but these are sort of the two methods it's, or messages we're getting. It's like, this is horrible. Don't do this. You're violating our guidelines. And we don't really worry about, you know, low level links. You don't have to worry about disavows unless you have a problem because we've figured out what, what's crap, right? So which, which side is it? It's not a strategy I use, but I feel sorry for people who like are, are dealing with it, with this sort of uncertainty. I get it. It violates Google's guidelines. And so like, don't do it, but. So why can't Google just come out with a statement like, 
don't annoy Jim and Dave on LinkedIn every time they accept your accept your uh, network request with uh, I can write for um, X number of I can write and get you X number of links. Google can come up with a statement like don't pull that kind of stuff. And I would endorse it 100% and probably start accepting network connections on LinkedIn again. Um, but again, it's, and so Googleites, if you're listening, and I know that some of you might be, um, <laughs> um, please be really careful with how you phrase stuff because people take how you phrase things seriously. Like you said, like, yeah, I know there's a literal way you meant to say it. Yeah. And, it and, and I'm taking it out of context on purpose. Well, I remember ages ago, and this is back like Aaron Wall blogger, right? Like this was back in, in, in those those days when Aaron Wall was doing blogging. And I remember you and I were doing our show. It was the alternative at the time. And I was discussing a test I'd done with nofollow um, links and whether I could rank based on the anchor text of nofollow links, meaning it, it passes weight. But anyway, we were just having a discussion about that. And by the time our show was done, Aaron Wall has put out a blog post going, Dave Davies <laughs> says that no follow link spam works in large amounts, right? Which if you're going to take what I say, like I kind of said that, right? But it's, it's, that's not what I was getting at. And he was tongue in cheeking that. I was like, I had some like fun sort of digging back at him. We had a good time with that. He wasn't trying to be a jerk, but it's just like, right. You can take the literal thing that I was meaning to say. This is just a test. These are the results. I wasn't saying now go out and do no follow link spam all that forum spam you were doing, it works, go for it, right? Like that wasn't what I was saying, but that's how it was being presented because Aaron Wall was having fun with me. But <laughs> uh, so somebody who made a pretty penny writing content in his day. Oh yeah. Um, so again, you can, you can pay your bloggers. You cannot pay your bloggers to specifically write for links. But, um, you know, if I ever write something for you and you want to put links in it, I'm not going to stop you. Right. <laughs> but pay me. <laughs> You know, let's, let's get our priorities straight here. Indeed. Okay, so if uh, if you're looking for the old disavow tool at uh, Google Search Console, it left uh, quite a while ago. Um, but the new one is live, and uh, actually, I'm sorry, it left like last Monday. The new tool that replaced it, the disavow links list, has been live for a few weeks. Um, apparently, it does exactly the same thing with a twist. There's speculation out there that if you use, and I, I had this around the disavow tool too, but now with the disavow links list, you're, you're, you're giving them entire lists of links rather than uh, one at a time. Mm -hmm. People are saying it might, it might uh, tip Google off that you're running a sketchy site in the first place. You're giving them this whole bulk of things that you want nothing to do with that's associated with your website. Does that make Google take a closer look at your website? <laughs> now, I, I doubt it. I don't think Google cares about the disavow list. I don't think they give a damn in the first place. Yeah, I think, I mean, if I, were I Google, um, you know, I, I might look at these sorts of things in aggregate, right? Like send machines in there and go, oh, okay, like pull out this, look for common trends in, in, in these different types of lists. Maybe even look at common trends in which sites are like putting out these types of lists. And then look back in our archives and go, when were they built? Right, like so you can get sort of a, a structure for when was link spam spiking, who who was doing it. Right, like you might put those sort of systems in place, but the idea that Google has the manpower—I mean, they have a lot of employees. Don't get me wrong, but has the manpower to actually be looking through these lists, right? Like to actually be be pouring over these, going, I care so much about this one site out of the billions we have to deal with that I'm going to actually like 
deal with with this one lithium no no that's that's i just i can't see i could see like some sort of peculiar one-off where like a bunch of other signals are there and they're like let's look at this but you know at the same time you're you're sort of fessing up and i don't think that's when they punish you i don't think they punish you when you go okay because i could see myself coming in as an seo i know because i've done it uh where you come in and you vet the links and you go wow this is a train wreck of like stuff that happened in in the past i just I need to make sure I'm not going to have to deal with this in the future. Like, I don't want a manual action on my watch because somebody a year ago was like, was messing up. So I'm just going to disavow these things out of the gate. You don't want to punish somebody when they're doing the right thing, when they haven't been caught. Right. It's sort of, you know, I don't know. It's like going back and going, I have to correct my taxes. I lied back there. Right. Like they, they won't punish you quite the same as if like you're audited and they go, yeah, we busted you. <laughs> like These are going to be very different scenarios. Um, so I, I have a hunch Google's on, on that tangent and going, okay, if, you, if, you, if you're ahead of the curve, great, we, we, can, we can deal with that. I think they're also probably looking historically going, yeah, there's a bunch of crap, but that's from three years ago, right? Like they crawl fast. We saw that crap. It, it's from then. We see that you're not doing it anymore. We're just evaluating. This is my suspicion because anything else, and they might be purging good content and, and good results uh, from their own index, which... Yeah, they want to punish like bad actors, but at the same time, their primary modus operandi is to pr- produce good results. So you don't want to punish somebody who's producing good content who's not actually trying to screw with the system right now. So anyway, just my two bets. Okay. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? We're going to take a break in a couple of minutes. So uh, congratulations to DuckDuckGo. Uh, yeah. The privacy-focused search engine has... Uh, crossed a million searches per day mark that's uh i think google does that in like um maybe 45 to 50 seconds but it's still a huge milestone now oh and it's it's 100 million so I, I think oh i'm sorry you're i've subscribed 100 million searches yeah. per day um which google might do in an hour and a half right <laughs> but but still like that's a that's quite a milestone um for an engine like this like a secondary tertiary Right. I will consider Bing like a like a, a secondary engine, like in my sort of hierarchy of things. Maybe, no, maybe YouTube. Um, but, you know, to be coming in as, as sort of a relatively new engine and and have such a, an, an attractive value proposition for your users um, to gain that market. I'm seeing it more share. often in analytics. Um, when I, as when am I. I. Report, am I reporting the top 10? I'm seeing it come up above Yahoo. And uh, when I start seeing it come up above Bing, I'm going to take it very, very seriously. Well, and, and it is interesting. Like I, I have a, a couple clients that are in high, high level tech, machine learning, microservices, those, those sorts of things. Um, and they're disproportionate. Um, it's still not like the lion's share of, of search coming from DuckDuckGo, but it's disproportionate to what I would expect to see on a standard site. Like these are the people using it are, are the like the people with, with strong technical knowledge. Um, right. I mean, I, again, and this is probably disproportionate. That's probably how they found out about it, right? There are people like you or me or our listeners or people who have exposure to, to this engine specifically and actually care about things like privacy, know enough to care about things like privacy. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I think specific sectors need to really be paying attention to it. I know I've started looking into the paid channels um, there, which is done through Microsoft, right? But like, you know, ways of, of getting specifically through to there um and I'll, I'll let people know i'm going to be chatting with with one of my clients about launching in a, a test paid um paid through there for for high tech 
Um, and we'll, we'll see how that plays out. And if it happens to work, I'll, I'll let people know. Cause all I care about is CPA, right? Like it's not going to be as much traffic as Google. It's not going to be as many conversions as Google, but However. if the CPA is valuable, then that's all I really care about. And you can import into Microsoft ads. <laughs> like yeah. you just move it in. I mean, like you, you don't, if you sell a thousand over at Google, like you get a thousand impressions over at Google, then you get maybe like 50 from DuckDuckGo. That's 50 you didn't have before. And it costs you a hell of a lot less. Yeah. Oh, in, indeed. So I have campaigns where our best CPAs are on Bing. I've got clients, and I think I mentioned this before, going, can we get more from that? It's like, oh. now we kind of exhausted Bing. We can, <laughs> but, you know, the CPAs are like 30, 40% lower in, in for some sites. Right? So. At this point, it'd be faster to go out and talk to every Bing user personally. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We got to take a break here on uh, Webcology on WMR.FM. So on behalf of Dave Davis from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Joyce Media. You are listening to Webcology on the 21st of January, 2021. Stick around. We've got more coming up after these messages. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on WMR.FM. It, it, this show is being recorded live to podcast on the 21st of January, 2021. And uh, Dave, you just uh, posted something in, in, in our news feed. Um, you were able to recreate uh, Barry Schwartz's phenomena on an expanding knowledge panel. Yeah, we, we saw a, a little bit of this um, rolling out. Um, I, I can't remember exactly when, but I, I know it was like, I don't know, last few months anyway. Um, and, and in the knowledge panel, sort of an, an expanded um, sort of accordion style thing. Um, but over on, I mean, we need to mention his name, right? Barry. Um, so over on Issy Roundtable, um, Barry's reporting um, and, and uh, an expansion of it. He was able to use Netlify um, for anybody in our listening audience who wants to reproduce and know what we're talking about here. It works for me and I'm in Canada. So clearly this is rolling out like in a, in a larger scale than just, uh, you know, nationally or, or something like that. Um, and over on the right hand side, um, you can actually expand out areas like the pricing information and stuff like that. Like you, you've got an accordion. Um, I love it. I think it's going to give us a great opportunity to get more information in there and engage with our users uh, a lot yep. more. So I think this is super handy. 
So yeah, what's happening is in the knowledge panel, um, there's uh, like a drop down menu you might find on a uh, say WordPress top level navigation bar. There's uh, say price function, um, uh, 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 availability, whatever stuff you can find in schema markup. Um, and when you when you, when you click on the on the drop down, tons more information starts just folds right out, expands out. Um, I think it's good. You know, the other cool thing about this, it doesn't sacrifice uh, SERP room. There, you, it doesn't, it doesn't, it does, Google's putting more stuff on the page without sacrificing the 10 blue links any further. Yeah, indeed. And, and it, you, you would only, it'll only take up a little bit of real estate. Um, one of the things that I am concerned about, and I know I, I was concerned about this um previously like when i when i was initially had seen the the initial rumblings of this um one of the options um in the netlify query um is alternative right like what are the alternatives um mm -hmm. when you open that up it's actually a link not to netlify but to g2 with a link of all of the alternatives to netlify how long until we start seeing advertising in that space that that is a concern to me because when i think of the the, the knowledge panel like that I, I think of a um you know, this is my brand and, well, and this may vary. This bad. sort of crosses over into another story I wanted to cover. Another thing that's actually really ticking me off, Google injecting third-party links into knowledge panel results. So um, Netlify is the company that uh, Barry did his, his his initial search on to come up with the with the, the story he wrote that, that, that Dave confirmed. I'm mm -hmm. um, getting the same phenomena. Um, and, that, and it offers an alternative search feature. You click on the alternative and Google has injected a link to what to a competitor of Netlify. But the thing is they extracted all this information off of Netlify's page. Right. So they're using, the, the, they're using a, uh, a business's content and then they're injecting links to the competitors inside the content that they scraped off of somebody's page. That's weird. I'm not sure what the ethics cool test on that is. Yeah, I mean, you're you're 100 right. I don't like it from a obviously from an ethical standpoint, right? Like just in in what I would do. However, um, like featured snippets and and position zero and all of our early and and still often continued outrage over you've just stolen <laughs> my click. Um, here's where we are. And one of the things that I would suggest since we don't get to define what happens and Google is going to go, yeah, don't care what you say, go ahead and complain. We're going to be injecting these links is use this as an opportunity to vet if they're linking to an external source, but using your content, clearly your content has value, but there's some subset of that content that they need maybe a passage or upcoming piece um, that they need to pull from for additional information maybe you should be questioning why that isn't on your site. It's clearly highly relevant, but they're needing to use another website's content um, to, to pull this additional information. We might use that as a content suggestion tool uh, rather than viewing it as just like, I hate these people, <laughs> uh, but actually look at it and go, oh, okay, right? Like they're, they're taking something from whatever, Pumbaa, right? Or like whatever, right? I'm like looking at it, it's, it's like jumping up in front of me on the, on the screen of the example um, and go, oh, okay, I actually need to get this um, content, you know, onto my site in a better way that defines more about what they're, what they're talking about. We've captured featured snippets using similar techniques. Um, I think we need to just be looking at this as, try to look at this as an opportunity to own even more real estate rather than a loss to your competitor. 
mainly yeah. because you don't have a choice. They're going to do it anyway. <laughs> so Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's the automated example I'm looking at on my screen, but there's a great deal of cumulative layout, layout shift happening in front of me. That's not me crazy. <laughs> That's why I had to explain, like, uh, cumulative layout shift to one of my clients the other day. Google, please, more new terms to explain. It's just so much fun. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I've had that same one. I'm like, okay, and we're going to be talking about what, why is it called content paintful? Right? Like, I have, <laughs> come on. Um, anyway. <laughs> because great artists steal, Dave, because great artists steal. And we plagiarize all the content. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, indeed. Um, and so I've been so other uh, uh, listeners, you you all probably know what we're talking about. If you looked at that, at your core web vitals in Google Search Console, you better know by May 2021 because that's when uh, these core web vitals are supposed to become either ranking factors or ranking filters. Um, I've heard factors. I, I'm guessing filters. Yeah, or signals, you know, I mean, we can call it so many different things. Uh, it, it's interesting because I've had that conversation. I like, we use like Jira and whatever as, as, as ticket mastering. So there's so many in there where I've got like super important, like I've got things at like a medium level of importance where I'll like, you know, qualify things to to the tech teams of, of companies that we're doing some work with, like consulting work, um, and then have like a big going to be upgraded in March. <laughs> Where I'm talking about, okay, the core web vitals. Like right now you can treat it as a medium, but by March, I'm really going to be harassing you about this. I know it's not going to be some massive signal, um, but as you we were discussing earlier in the show, like I have a lot of clients in high tech. They're, they're, if all of them had really crappy sites, then it'd be fine and I wouldn't worry about it. But these are people who push the envelope and creating brilliant, like super fast sites. So when this well, dude, matters, I mean, this I remember a couple of years ago when like every SEO went all top gun on their, uh, on their clients, like you need speed and that yeah. sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then Google's like, yeah, well, it's important to us, but we were joking about it being a ranking factor. It's not. Yeah. This is probably more realistic. They've actually laid out six or seven different unique measures, including um, a, a, a cumulative layout shift, Jeremy. Um, I, and I was noticing content the, painful. Oh, uh, no, no, I was noticing, Jeremy put up a, a advertisement oh, for the, or a, a, a teaser, we'll call it, for the, the, the new uh, template system he's building. And the one thing is, uh, 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 it seems that his content is still jumping around the page quite a bit. But everything else is coming in like speed fast. That's insanely yeah. impressive. Oh, yeah, I know. I keep looking at those metrics and I'm like, oh, like, I mean, it's it's probably one of the nerdiest things I can say, or maybe it's because it's like almost lunchtime where I am, but it almost makes me salivate. I'm just like, oh my goodness, like I've never seen numbers like that. Now, it, it does depend on what's on the page. I did find Adam Reimer. You know, that was hilarious. His funny going like, yeah, putting up a blank thing, like a blank body is is not a, like an empty head and a, and a blank body is not a template. But I mean, tongue in cheek. I'm sure Jeremy, like Jeremy knows the stuff and he knows he's going to be pushing this out to like a bunch of people that are going to be looking going, Oh, that's how you did it, or that's damn impressive. So oh, I'm really looking forward to it, no matter what. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, okay. but that'll be something where we should probably pull them on the show. Like if it is what I th think we're about to see, and go, okay, we need to talk about how this is done. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So if you are looking at your stats and you've noticed that Google's been paying a crap ton more attention to you than it did previously, it's not. Sorry, it's not you. It's Google. 
Um, Google's reporting uh, issued a new crawl report, a new way of um, measuring its crawl rate, but it isn't actually crawling you more frequently. It's just um, giving you a number that looks like it's crawling you more frequently. Right. Yeah, yep. and they put a little note, which is good. Right, like they, they're giving people a little notice, like, we've changed, you haven't. Like, basically, like, they, they word it, you know, better than that. But uh, basically, yeah, like, a, nothing really changed except what's showing up right here, right? But other than, like, everything is actually exactly the same as it was, more or less. So, uh, but I, I think that that is handy. And, well, like you, like me, like, the more data, the better, so. Well, also, it's worth noting because um, somebody is going to somebody is going to be looking at their um, at their analytics or at, at Search Console, and they're going to ask you that their SEO, what does this mean? And you could say to them, actually, it doesn't mean anything, right? Because we know Google did this. Yeah, or I'll just respond back with a link to Barry's article, <laughs> which is which, which incidentally is a hell of a lot better than I don't know. Yes, or even it depends. <laughs> Indeed. Okay, so. It's been a bad year for Facebook. I mean, in every other way except revenues. It's been a bad year for Facebook. Um, it's been a great year by revenue. But Facebook has just been hit by just bad stats, bad rep, um, bad reviews, et cetera. And um, this, actually, this one makes a lot of sense to me because, uh, you know, the stuff TikTok has come in um, beating Facebook by far in time spent uh, in eyeballs and in time spent per user. Mm -hmm. Now, I think a lot of that is because TikTok is replacing um, America's Funniest Home Video as uh, entertainment value. Do you, do, you, do you actually make America's Funniest Home Video destination TV any longer? No. Right now. But you'll go to TikTok and you'll sit there all afternoon long, clicking away until an email comes in from a client. And you go, oh, my God, I'm supposed to do that <laughs> because it's so damn entertaining. It, it is. It is. It is addictive. Um, yeah, every time, like you basically need to go, like, there's no, well, the intent, well, 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 they're all very small format. There is no just pop on there for a couple minutes, right? Like that's, yeah, you, you, you might plan that and then down the rabbit hole, Alice falls right? <laughs> like, and, and, and you go, I, I think it is a, a wonderful, wonderful sort of format. It, it's, it's a, it's a great, like, I really like TikTok. Like I just, I can't help it. Just wait till they turn on the revenue machine. Like they haven't done that yet. Wait nope. till I, I've already signed up for like, okay, get get me in there into the yeah into the sort of paid advertising side of things and yeah. Um, anyway. I don't. I, and it's it's hard to see where they're going to put a, a a paid advertisement in a fifteen second video, but um, they will find a way. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, that's going to con congratulations on the. A year and a half ago, TikTok didn't even exist. Yeah, I mean, and, and if it did exist, it barely existed. Yeah. Um, now it's um, an essential form of of communication and entertainment. So yeah. that's that's amazing. And I, I think it's it's interesting. Like we're we're dealing with a very specific. Like I'm actually not who's on TikTok. I mean, I am, <laughs> but I'm not your typical demographic. Your typical demographic is is a couple years younger than me shall mm -hmm. I say. Um, but it, and I, I've got clients where that's, that's their, their target demographic. And, and so I, I implore people as they think about TikTok and, and think about advertising there or thinking about getting their content there, think lifetime value of a customer, right? And that's like, I've got clients where that's to, like 
we're mm-hmm. valuing based on the age of acquisition because these are consumable products that have a lifetime value. The lifetime value of a younger customer is, is more, right? They, they think in terms of multiple years and decades, these companies, not quarters. Um, so these are highly, highly valuable um, you know, consumers. Um, and you're catching them at a time when, as I am when I go to TikTok, they're really not doing much. <laughs> like they are, but they're not there to perform a task. It's not like Google where I'm there to buy blue widgets, right? Mm-hmm. Or I'm there to find this information. It's like, I'm here because I'm killing time. Perfect. Like perfect timing to grab somebody if you've got a really, really unique and, and, and interesting, interesting product. So um, yeah. yeah, I love it. We're going to have to jump to commercial in about five minutes, maybe 10 minutes. Um, this is a neat story. We could talk about this one for hours, I think. Um, search indexing tiers. Google has, and, and, and Bing, and all, all the major search engines, basically have a photocopy of the web. Um, not an exact uh pixel by pixel photocopy but they know what is on every document and every object in their index where to find it and, and all that some documents are going to be surfaced or pulled from a search engine's index way more frequently than other objects are mm-hmm. other documents are the ones that are pulled much more frequently might be stored on a much higher class like infinitely higher class of server well, the ones that are pulled um, less frequently are sitting on a dime store special somewhere in a back corner, um, probably submerged underwater or beer. Um, beer is, is my guess. I just found that really neat. So and, and Google has different levels and classes of server. Um, could you imagine the, 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 the accounting logistics involved in trying to fit in trying to figure out and uh, try to load balance um this array of of, of technologies they op- they're obviously using oh my goodness yeah i mean that's that's just a a train wreck of sorts right like i mean just by a challenge like i think from the engineering i don't mean like it's bad like clearly they've got some smart people and they've got some machine learning systems probably like automating a, a lot of this and like constantly measuring speeds of this and that um but just the, yeah, the, the, the incredible logistics going in there. And I like to remind myself that when they're talking about indexing in this content or in this context, they're not just talking about this web page, right? And so we're, we're not going to be accessing the content from this web page because it's not, you know, heavily indexed or whatever. And so we're going to store this site over here and we're going to store like Amazon over here because it, it, it's heavily. We're also talking about indexes like the, the knowledge graph is built off a collection of entities and their understanding of the collection of the entities related to, you know, WMR.FM and how all those connect and all those entity classifications are stored on a, on a, on an index, right? Like everything and, and the connection between their link, you know, sort of network and, 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 and factoring also sits in an index somewhere, right? It's just like an index. It's like, I mean, I think of it like a great big Excel sheet, right? I mean, but that's a simple meme. Right? <laughs> so, I mean, indexes that they're uh, like getting too infrequently, I could think of their, you know, probably the disavow file list probably sits on, you know, less important story. It doesn't really <laughs> matter that it gets hit really, really fast when they need it. They can take some time and, and go get it. Um, whereas something related to, you know, their bots and, and, and fresh news, right. It's clearly going to be on, on faster, 
uh, faster and faster indexes because it's really important that it gets in there like immediately. Um, that, that it's available immediately and quickly to the people that, that do need to access it. And there will be a lot of them. So it, it's, it's a really, I, I'm just amazed. You bring up a really good point and they do not get credit for the amazing, we give them crap when stuff breaks, but the amazing power behind even just making the system work is, is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, now, unfortunately, knowing this, I can't think of any way this gives anybody an SEO advantage, knowing that they use no. different, uh, classes of server and, and, and different tiers to store stuff on but knowing how the system works or having a better idea of how google works or even how google sees itself and and um the relative value of information somehow i think that's helpful there's i don't think when it comes to seo i don't think there's anything that's unimportant to understand just because it helps you get a full picture. It may not ever be a piece of information you use, but the next thing you learn will be added in and you will have a more complete picture of what's going on that will help inform what you do. Um, you know, in, in, in how you approach and, and understand a very, very complicated system that none of us are going to probably cross 5% of truly, truly understanding what's going on. I don't even think the engineers understand most of what's going on. No, I think it's gotten to a point where um, they have algorithms to build algorithms. Um, and yeah. there's, there are so many um, factors that can influence any given operation that Google does to say exactly how it works, operation to operation to operation, search to search to search, request to request to request. Mm-hmm. On the, 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 wow, huh? I'm not sure yeah. anyone could do that. Um, no. I'm not sure Google itself could do that. No, and I mean, you know what? And, and we all you have to do is just listen to John. And the number of times he rightfully says something like, "I think it's like this," or "My guess would be it's like that." Like it, we we saw that with Passage, right, where he was responding, going, "I'm guessing we're probably going to start it with something like featured snippets and then expand from there if it seems to work." But even he didn't really know because. Like there's, it's such a large and complicated system now that nobody, not even John, who probably knows more than the average Googler, um, you know, about, about how the system actually is being, being structured. Even he can't, can't know. And I think these sorts of insights from Gary are, are helpful for, for the rest of us. And, and Gary does tend to look at this stuff a, a little more, at least I hear from him a little more often on, uh, on these sorts of topics. So. Well, maybe maybe we can get uh, Bert and Smith really drunk one night and get them to sit down <laughs> together and articulate articulate their way out of it. Okay, we got to grab a break. We got to take uh, take a couple minutes to run a couple commercials here. So, friends, you are listening to Webcology on WMR.fm. The show has been recorded live to podcast on uh, the twenty first of January, twenty twenty one. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedge with Digital Always Media. Stick around. We're back after these messages. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. 
an embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Everyone, welcome back to Webcology on WMR.FM. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from BSOC Internet Marketing. It's the 21st of January, 2021. And uh, this is, a, okay... I got a weird kind of te- te- technical one here, um, and I'm sorry I hadn't actually shared this with you in our uh, in our newsfeed beforehand. Um, so there's a difference when uh, you use Schema or what um, what you see at Schema.org and what Google will publish in. Uh, uh, it's uh, in, in Google Search Console when you're when you're looking at uh, your rich results, there's a slight difference, um, and it comes down to how schema is implemented in your site. Have you have you read through this yet, Dave? I, I have, yeah. Thankfully, is it like I was, of course, nervous. I'm like, oh, what's Jim about to throw at me that we're about to talk about that I need to get a strong opinion of in three seconds? But uh, no, thankfully, I I am familiar with the with the article that you had uh, just uh, just shared. Um, again, just because we haven't mentioned his name enough, uh, written by Barry Schwartz uh, over at uh, over at SE Roundtable. Um, yeah, there there are some some differences between the two. There's a page linked to in, in the article that sort of goes here's what Google has what they support, like the, these are different, not everything in schema is even supported by Google, right? Like, and, and then there are, are, are different attributes within specific schema that are not supported by Google that are part of, of schema. Um, you know, my general um, approach has been, um, you know, focus on the ones that are supported by Google, as far as the individual schema itself, it organizational schema, FAQ schema, you know, those sorts of breadcrumb schema, you know, those sorts of things. Um, but I do tend to get a little more elaborate. Like I go over into schema.org specifications and go, if I can fit this in, I'm going to fit it in, even if it's not something that's specifically supported by Google. Let's go, you're like, and, and assuming that it validates, you're not going to get punished for putting too much but if eventually they do decide that they want to support it, you don't want to have to go back. <laughs> and then all of a sudden start, start, you know, filling in all the gaps later, um, you know, about, you know, different ratings or, or whatever that they may not support now, but they would later or whatnot. So, um, yeah, I, I like it to be complete, but. Anyway. I'm glad the story surfaced. Uh, but the thing, one of the things that I find, again, this is a personal annoyance. Did you know that Google didn't support the full functionality at schema i did did you um, i did not um but and they they actually have a, a page on their site which is is great going here's what we cover right like and and, and i have to go over and if, if for anybody who wants it you can visit the article there there's a link through to there um but i ha- often have to go and double check and go right 
which ones do they and which ones don't they, right? Like we're all actually have to go back and I've got a bookmarked Google's page and also they update it and go, okay, okay, yeah, they support these ones and it's the usual suspects. We've normally talked about all the ones they they would support, but there are some ones that that you could get caught on. It's funny, I can't think of them off the top of my head, but I know I've hit them where I'm like, oh, okay, I I guess I'm not going to do that. (laughs) The thing that confused me is in fact, Google does support everything at schema.org. It's just it won't display them all in rich results. You know what? And that's that's entirely that's that's a great, great point. Because if you try and validate it through their validator, um, you know, the rich result tool won't give it to you, be, like wouldn't show it to you because it's not, you know, supported for their rich results. But if you just go to their structured data validation tool, the one that was being deprecated and, and then didn't, uh, you know, that they're they've ended up moving, it will validate there. Still, like it's still considered valid to Google. It's just not going to produce a, a rich result. Um, so what's the value to you? I, I focus on the ones that are going to provide the, the rich result, right? I mean, you, you can go down a schema rabbit hole. I just for years, <laughs> like if, if you really want to be complete on, on absolutely everything. Anyway, anybody who's worked with schema is probably familiar with the long, long path you can, you can head down. Um, validating schema. I am running an interesting test um, to see if I can augment the knowledge graphs of people not included on this specific page. Um, like basically using um, the, the founders and co-founders and, and adjusting their knowledge graphs just by the schema on the actual organization, like basically built into organizational schema. So I'll, I'll let people know if, if we manage to pull off um, augmenting basically the results for entities not specifically tied to the location where the schema is. They are founders, but there, there's no validation. There's no connection. There's no way that I should be able to say, yes, these actually are, other than Google's understanding that this is a founder. And so when we put this information on a website that that founder um, controlled. Uh, there's or, no, or there's no content on the page substantiating the market substantiating no it's just like it's it's just the homepage of this site it's a corporate website and i'm just including this in there because i want to see if i can get the founders knowledge graphs um improved um to 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 just be a little more robust than they are now include descriptions and stuff like that so there is some like supplemental information on the web to tie the two together crunch base stuff like that so Google should be able to confirm, and mm-hmm. I've included those like sort of like same as is in the in the founders to to make sure that they understand that these are the same. So I'll, I'll keep everybody posted. That's uh, the the new schema is about to go live in the next couple of days. So hopefully within the next few weeks, um, we should start to see those those adjustments, and and I'll keep everybody uh, everybody apprised. In which case, that version of of organizational schema will be much more valuable than. Than originally, I, I've sort of ignored, like I haven't really focused on that. This is the first time I've gone. Let's give this a try and, and see what we can do here. Okay, here's a, uh, a a new oldie that's coming up again. Over optimization penalties. <laughs> I know, but you know what? <laughs> John Mueller has confirmed that in some cases, Google can in fact see you doing too much of one thing and decide that you're probably screwing around. Okay. Um, oh, actually, what would happen if you're focusing, John Mueller says, yes, they could be perceived as a penalty. You're focusing too much on one thing. You're probably not doing a number of other things you need to do to support a strong ranking. You're probably going to lose rankings. Uh, it could be perceived as a, as a over-optimization penalty. In fact, it's not. It's 
you're not doing stuff you ought to be doing. Yeah, that sounds fair. That's what I would do. And chances are, if you're doing over-optimization, you are not serving your users well. Like, well, it kind of makes me wonder when the whole debate started. Um, there's a school, um, uh, unfortunately, it's, 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 it's a really large school in, in our industry that is constantly looking for a shortcut, right? Mm -hmm. um, and... Uh, they're the ones who will go all in on one aspect of SEO. Um, in, in, in the early days, say it was keyword density or keyword stuffing. Um, later, it would be like page sculpting or um, you know, some brilliant shortcut that's gonna, that's gonna be the big panacea and solve all the problems. That's where I think a lot of the over-optimization conversation came from in the first place, but nobody actually called it for what it was. Yeah. So yeah, I just wonder. I wonder how much of that argument was a very real argument, and how much of that argument was actually kind of stupid because people didn't know what they were arguing about. Well, that, I mean, that's we do that a lot. <laughs> Heck, you oh, and but... I have done that a lot. <laughs> um, and it's it, interesting timing too because we're talking about over optimization, and then we've got um, Roger Monty um, over on Search Engine Journal. I'm talking about what I would consider to be over optimization. Different context. I'm just like, that's not what you should be doing, folks. Um, and it's Google confirming, and it was John, um, confirming a way to hide internal links. This is page rank sculpting. I, yes, uh, I saw that. I should probably put the idea of page rank sculpting in my head earlier. Yeah, and it's, it's an interesting, interesting um, piece. It's basically using a technology, basically forms, right? Like we've all, I'm, I'm simplifying here, but you, know, you submit a form and then a new page pops up, right? It's, it's basically hiding a link in that sort of technology. So when you click it, it's like a form has been submitted and now a link, you know, now you're presented with a new page, which Google is not following. The reason you would do that for folks that, you know, haven't been SEOing like it's 2008 um, is that you would then stop page rank flow to say a page like your privacy policy, right? Like where you yeah. just don't need rankings there. Um, I know when this had come out, I actually tweeted out and, and John apparently liked it and responded back to it. So this does follow with, with what he would think and going, I have a feeling John would be saying, come on, people, you can be doing better things with your time than this if you really want to move the needle on rankings. Like page rank sculpting, it, it did, like, I was doing it back in, like, the mid-2000s, heading into, like, the late 2000s, basically before Matt Cut said, doesn't work um, at SMX Advanced. <laughs> like, it was like, oh, okay, you pulled that plug. Um, and then it just led to page rank evaporation, um, where you were like, the page rank was just going nowhere. You know, I, I think if you're trying to like craft your page rank so much um, that you're trying to like block it from going to a couple pages, I, I think there's probably better things you could do with your time unless it's like on a large, large scale, like half my links I don't want page rank to, in which case really you should be looking at why you're even building those Why, pages, why do those but... pages exist in the first place? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, if it's one or two, like you've got a hundred links on your page and one of them is your privacy policy and one of them is your contact and you don't want them ranking. Well, I, mean, I do remember a time when Google came out and said, if you don't have a privacy policy, we can't take you seriously. Now, that was a very long time ago. Um, but ever since then, I've always made sure there was an active link, often quite small, but an active link, even if it's just in the footer where nobody really cares, especially Google, to a privacy policy. I would never, never hide that. 
Well, uh, and we, I know we, we need them. Like I use, um, you know, the merchant center to do shopping feeds. It needs to be there to get accepted. And it's like, clearly, at least on the paid side, Google is valuing the existence of that page um, and, and, and these policies. So there's a point I was trying to make about, about page break sculpting. And, 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 and John Mueller has made the same point about using the disavow tool in that sometimes when you try to do too much of a good thing, you throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, and you and 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 if you were to use this way of hiding the link, Google would not follow and would not gather the information that's that's on uh, on the subsequent page, or theoretically even know that subsequent page was there. Um, you may be you may be denying access to um, something that was actually functionally important. You might you might want to rank, but it needed to be there. Well, and one of the things I find funny about page rank sculpting, and again, I did it, and I, you know, it was it was it was early at that time, but that page, that privacy policy page, will then have page rank flowing to it, and then all the pages it links to, it will pass that page rank back. Like you're actually not dealing with much of a gain, even if you got a gain. It's the page rank is flowing out of that privacy policy page as well. Like, mm-hmm. So That's it's not so like true, it's, yeah. it's doing nothing. It's it's a flow through, and yes, there's a minor degradation, but you're dealing with such a minor amount of gain that. So how much patron was going there in the first place, given the privacy policy is contained in the footer and nobody gives a damn what's down there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, indeed. Yeah. So unless your privacy policy is what you're linking to from your logo right up in your header. Um, (laughs) Like, like if you have your links in your body content, if you have your links up, up in the, up in the, up in the header, like not in the head section, (laughs) but in the, in the header up at the top of the page. Yeah. Who cares about that stuff? That's that's top of above fold information. That's stuff that you, the webmaster, wanted people to see. Who right. cares about that? But right. a common footer. Um, think, think of uh, th- think of the footers of all those like terrible law offices or real estate offices. You know, just, <laughs> Google just doesn't give a damn. It so badly doesn't give a damn. Well, something I like to remember, like whenever I'm thinking about page rank flow, um, and Bill Slosky has mentioned it on our on our show as the reasonable surfer. It's it's mentioned in in all the patents. Well, not all of them, but most of them through there is what are the odds that a natural, a reasonable surfer would click a link? Those links have more value, right? Like on a page. So to exactly your point, this is buried down in the footer among like a whack of other like footer links. A reasonable surfer is not clicking it unless they're specifically looking for your contact or privacy policy or, or something like that. So, well, and Google also takes into account that this is replicated X number of times yeah. across your entire site. So now you've got an on-site link yeah. that, um, in, in in fact, is meaningless. Yeah. Um, so. I, we should actually do a whole show on just setting up the way your page itself should be set up and where a link should be should be placed. I had a uh, a mega menu um, crisis earlier earlier early last month that um, just makes me think about um, how badly we need to retrain developers in how mm-hmm. to um, how to say this. You know, I'm not sure I can give you the example uh, without breaking an NDA. Right. Really <laughs> but um, we will have a show on, on this subject, which okay. I think could be handy. I think I can get away with saying because of a crazy mega menu, even though traffic was demonstrably higher, revenues declined. Um, actually, revenues rose, but they, they didn't rise as fast as the rise in new traffic. 
Ah. So I count that as a slight decline because they should. Right. I think the revenue should have rose faster, and that speaks to a UX issue, which comes back to where you place where, where you place navigation on a page and make it easy for people to get around. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I, I, that, that was a weird explanation. I really wish I could tell you the real story. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find an example. Um, another story I think is worth mentioning because it's it, and it's on topic and it, it'll be a quick one. And I know we're we're running short on time here. Um, over on um, SE Roundtable as well, um, Google had noted that it's best to put structured data on the page, not in Tag Manager. I have tested it in Tag Manager though. Like there are times when we just can't put it on the page. The developers don't. I can't get access to that area. So what I think people can take away from this is if you're an SEO and you're working for a site where you don't have direct access to their code and it's really, really hard to get their developers to do stuff, just get them to install tag manager. It does work. You can do it and it, and it will produce the results um, that you're trying to get. It's not quite as reliable, um, but it's yeah, still it's very not reliable. as easy for Google to see. Yeah. Um, Google has to do an extra hop to get that yeah. information. Exactly. Um, and one thing, I, one thing I don't know about, one thing I'm confused about, how um, quick is Google to update that information? Is it drawn? The request for the page comes up. Does Google immediately draw information from, search, from Tag Manager? We had FAQs within minutes okay. of adding them. Now, this was on a heavily crawled site, but I added it into Tag Manager and within minutes. Um, it was in there. So they, they processed it very, very fast. Now, it was an important site that had a crawl budget to support that. So results may vary, um, but it can be very fast. Because again, the more draws that, or the more places that information has to be drawn from, eh? Yeah. But I mean, Tag Manager, Tag Manager is sitting right there at, um, right. assumably, document level in Google's index. Right, but that specific index, you know, where they're storing that schema from there might be on a slower uh, you know, desk. Yeah, but not, <laughs> right? yeah, indeed. Not in our clients' cases. <laughs> okay, on that, we are top of the block. We've gone full circle on the 21st day of the 21st month. On the 21st day of the... How did that work again? 21st day, 21st... Uh, yeah, I've lost it. Oh, well. It sounded so good at the beginning. Year? Yeah, 21st, 21st day, 21st year, 21st century. Friends, you've been listening to Webcology on WMR.FM on the 21st of January, 2021. On behalf of Dave Davies for BSOC Internet Markings, Jim Hedge for Digital East Media, stay safe, wash your hands, wear a mask, stay far away from other people, stop the spread of this goddamn disease, and uh, be nice to each other. We'll talk to you next week. The opinions expressed in this WMR.FM program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMR.FM. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.